Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good in this world. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the room is Amelia Tarot. How are you doing, Amelia? Hello, good morning. Amelia is the founder of the Formbroke Collective. Right. Amelia, tell us about the Formbroke Collective. So it's designed to be a new operating system for brands. What on earth does that mean? What does that mean indeed? Okay, so the way that I think about it is... um, when I explained this to my dad, he had exactly the same question. And he said, what's an operating system? And I said, dad, you know when you get a phone, so he's got an iPhone, and the kind of the, the apps just work together and it works in a certain way. And I said, you know, George, who's my brother, has a Samsung. And they do the same thing, but the operating system works slightly differently. The bits connect differently. You can still get a similar sort of effect. It still makes calls, you can still talk on it, you can still take photos, but it's a different operating system. It's how the pieces connect. And I guess for me, when I um, stepped out away from TBWA, Mm. it was really important for me to take a breath um, and to think about what I thought brands and businesses needed now. Mm. Um, And what it struck me is that they didn't need another agency, but they kind of needed the pieces to work in a different way. And I suppose that's why my shorthand ended up being um, an operating system as opposed to an agency. And Formbrook? Formbrook. Formbrook. Because actually it's open to pronunciation. It, yeah, it's one it of those is. English it words is. It is. So, so Formbrook, why? So Formbrook, why? Um, I guess on one hand, it is a word that doesn't exist. So as a scrappy startup with no ad budget, uh, if you type in Formbrook now, we own all of it. All the um, results that come up are ours. Um, because, so from an SEO perspective, there's an SEO yeah, reason. Yeah. Um, there is, um, I guess there's also another reason, which is as a word, I kind of liked it because it had break in it, but it didn't feel disruptive. So you can kind of have some fun with it, you know, phone breaking the rules, phone breaking glass ceilings, phone breaking, all sorts of things. And it can become a verb, it can become a noun. So you can have phone breakers, you can phone break something. Uh, but also the honest answer is... Uh, it's also the street where I live okay. um, and I, I kind of have this wonderful image so the streets where I live are kind of beautiful I ha- I've got I've got this image in my head of this um, which is where where's for, for it's in a place called Hearn Hill which is between Dulwich and Brixton right. and, I, and I kind of have this picture of a frustrated poet who worked for Lambeth Council in the 19th century as all these streets were being named uh, because there's form break there's Half Moon Lane, there's Shardcroft, there's Cold Harbour, there's Milkwood, and these beautiful <laughs> names, yeah. these beautiful, beautiful names. Um, so I kind of thought that at some point, if Formbrake developed, then you might have Milkwood and Shardcroft and Gubion and all these other names. So I kind of felt it had a, a topographical implication. Uh, I was looking at your LinkedIn, and it, you say that you operate uh, at the, the intersection of commercial and strate- the commercial and strategic intersection of brands, people, technology, and culture, which is fantastically interesting. What is the biggest challenge that we face in your world right now? The biggest challenge, well, I guess, if, do, do you mean by that my world is in strategic advice that we can give you, to you brands? Defi- you define it. My world. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the define biggest, your world. Define my world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're having a really good and hard time um, trying to create a different way for brands and for businesses to engage I suppose with strategic and creative services so it 
it struck us that um, if, if you think about people and talent being our competitive advantage, um, we were seeing lots of people, not necessarily mothers, uh, people stepping away from big corporations. Uh, some leaving the industry generally, uh, but often people, people wanting to start smaller things. And I don't call them agencies. I, I, maybe you'd call them studios. Maybe you'd call them, I don't even know, businesses, companies. Um, but they were starting these kind of small businesses, often outside of London. Um, and I was hearing this incredible frustration from these brilliant people who weren't necessarily in large sort of corporate skyscrapers that, you know, a year ago they were having access to these incredible briefs. Mm. You know, they move 80 miles away and suddenly they fall off a radar. Um, and I think that's, that's the sort of the challenge, I guess, that, that we're grappling with because I guess what, what we want Formbreak to be is a kind of light touch, very flat collective that can pull together independent talent bespoke for each project. Um, and that brings, I mean, it's wonderful. And the work is so um, inspiring and different and I think better than stuff that, that I had been doing before. Uh, but it's really challenging. There's a reason that those big corporations exist, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's not to make people in them happy. No, it's, it's for other reasons. Absolutely, are, absolutely. Yeah. Efficiency and yes, how things yeah. work, and you know, you want you yeah. desperately want somebody on a project, and then suddenly something else comes up, and you know, even things like you know, we put together proposals for clients, and they spend three weeks, and in the three yeah. weeks, something the people that they've met yeah. have been offered other jobs, yeah. and they're not there anymore. Mm. Um, so, in your past life. You came into TPWA as a CSO to modernise the agency. Um, <coughs> transformation, you know, that's been one of the things that I'm fond of talking about. How, tell us how you how you went about changing the culture. There. Well, I mean, the short answer is it didn't work. Mm. So um, I wish I had an answer yeah. for you on that. Hence, form broke. Uh, yeah, hence, hence uh, uh, trying to do something different. Yeah. I mean, I think, so my last three roles have had transformation in them they've n i've never had a digital yeah. transformation title but probably like you sue i really like trying to take things apart and putting them back together in a different way i just i find it inspiring and interesting and i you know that that whole the yeah putting things together in a different and, and what i think is the right way mm -hmm. is great it it didn't work for us at tbwa um but i think back to another transformation role I had, which was at VCCP. Yeah. And actually that did work, and that worked incredibly well. That worked incredibly well, and that was, that was a long time ago. I mean, that was 2006, I think. So what's the difference, culture? Well, I think the difference with VCCP was there was absolute alignment amongst the, the founders and the senior leadership team mm. about what they wanted to do and why they were going to do it, and they wouldn't accept anything else. Yeah. Um, and I remember things like, you know, running digital training and also, yeah. and actually I remember Michael Sugden, who was the MD, I think he's now the CEO, saying, take it out of a room, do it in reception, and everybody has to walk through because everybody's expected to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and actually from, from Michael and Charles and, you know, mm -hmm. everybody there, there was absolute clarity and alignment around what, what they wanted the agency to be, and it, and it worked. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from the best boss that you've ever had? Oh, that's a great question. Um, 
I mean, I'm really lucky. I've had loads of fantastic bosses, so many. And I kind of, I think I kind of, I, I end up sort of almost being, not being adopted by them, because I've, I, I, you know, but, but you kind of find great people and you stay in touch with them because they're great. Um, a wonderful boss I had um, is a planner called John Steele, who I worked with at an agency in New York called Berlin Cameron. Um, and John is super. I mean, he really is a strategic, sharp brain. He's one of the planners' planners, right? Oh my goodness! I mean, he's just everything he writes is worth reading. He's a bit like Jeremy Bullmore in yeah. that respect. Yeah. So you know, he's written a, he's written some some fabulous sort of strategy books. One's called Perfect Pitch, and the other is uh, Truth Lies in Advertising. Um, and Perfect Pitch, in particular, I was lucky enough to do pitches with John really taught me about the art of storytelling mm. and and again you know the how you you map out and frame a story especially in a pitch you know mm. dropping the dropping of breadcrumbs how do you how do you drop a clue drop a crumb that a client sees and 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 kind of gets the story and they get there half a second before you press the slide mm. and actually that they're, they're with you on that journey mm. um and, and i think the other thing with john was his whole thing about pitches which is never ever ever uh, write your slides just write the story mm. write the story yeah. first the slides are the easiest thing in the world mm. um, but the story is the hard bit um, you I quote you um, quite often actually you said something at the I've still I've still got the little picture that they drew up there we were both at a Google Firestarters oh yes can't remember what the question was it was kind <laughs> of what did you learn or something what do you wish you'd known well, one of those questions and you quote, I, I don't know if it was a boss or, or maybe it was a mentor, saying to you, nobody cares about your career. Uh, nobody cares about your own career as much as you do. It was Jeremy Bullmore. Um, so I was um, a long time, so I was, I was a WPP fellow uh, in the second year of the fellowship. So I think probably much easier to get a place. Um, but I was really lucky that Jeremy was my mentor and he stayed a uh, very good friend. Uh, but he's really he's tough love yeah you know he tells it like it is and I remember we sat down and we we would go for fish and chips on a Friday because WPP and JWT were sort of connected um, at the time Barclay Square and Hayes Muse and um, and he just said he, he said nobody cares about your own career as much as you do and he just said you know don't don't look for the answers in the HR department or your boss or your line manager he was like the only person you can rely on uh, is yourself and at the time I was absolutely I was kind of devastated. Yeah. I was oh my it's hard, hard. As you it say, it's tough. Absolutely, but he was so hear, right. But it, it's he was so, so true. true. Yeah, mm. nobody does. It's their job. It's it's and it's your job. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. So 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 there you go. When I when I when I've said that, if I've said that to anyone that's that's out there, it's it's not me. It's Amelia. Well, there you go, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. And what's next? So we uh, so we launched the Formbreak Collective. We kind of did a, a, a beta launch, like a soft launch, um, at the end of twenty seventeen. And I suppose there were a couple of um, hypotheses that we wanted to test. So um, we were interested. Well, first of all, the first question was, would clients buy strategy? Because mm -hmm. you're in an ad, an ad agency particularly and you're always told clients don't buy strategy. Mm -hmm. You have to give strategy away in order to make money make somewhere else. Work. So would clients buy strategy was the first question. Uh, would they buy strategy from um, a team that didn't exist on an org chart? Would they buy strategy from uh, people who weren't strategists? So a lot of our projects don't have any planners on them, have 
really strategic, really bright strategic people on that, but they've never been planners. They've probably never had strategy in their title either. Mm. So would they buy strategy? Would they buy it from people who aren't strategists? Mm. Um, would they ask where our headquarters was? Because we deliberately, um, we talk about the heads without the overheads. So we've tried to cut out as many overheads as possible. So for the duration of each project, we embed into client teams. That's where mm. the offices are. Um, and the answers really quickly was yes said by strategy, yes said by strategy from people not called strategists and no they didn't care that we didn't mm. have an office. Mm. Um, so the, the business, then we sort of formally launched the business um, in January 2018. So it's been going for just over a year. Mm. Um, and it's really starting. So keep going. To, yeah, yeah, to keep going. Cool. Um, you know, I, I suppose one of the things that we're sort of thinking about is or how, how do we scale? Yeah. And then you get into quite yeah. an interesting question, which is how, how much do you want to scale? Do you want to scale, yeah. And do you need to scale? Do you need to scale? Yeah. And then you get into, you know, some also quite sort of esoteric questions, which is, you know, if the point of the business is not to sell to a holding company, but actually to, to develop a healthy and sustainable business yeah. that um, makes living. people, yeah. you know, that brings in money to make sure your kids have school shoes yeah. and um, but, but that also that you see your kids uh, that you see your kids and absolutely yeah, you're not on a plane Jesse. yes mm. interesting now Amelia we're on to the questions that we ask all of our guests uh, for comparison uh, what is your favourite line from a poem a song or a book and we know you look this up <laughs> well because there's always there's, there, there's a wonderful um there's this beautiful well it, 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 it's prose but it, it reads like a poem so there's this amazing um photographer um in america called walker evans who was a 20th century photographer and he was very famous he documented um he documented rural sharecroppers in america in the great depression uh, and he was very very famous because he was part of this new breed of, of documentary photographers um uh, and, and 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 he's really incredible. If you if you you know if you haven't seen any pictures by Walker Evans, I'd really recommend them. They're just absolutely world class stories, visual stories. Uh, but he wrote this beautiful piece of prose, and he said, um, "Stare, it is the way to educate your eye and more. Stare, pry, listen, eavesdrop, die knowing something. You are not here long." And I just think it's wonderful. And I I, I often. Um, would talk about that especially the stare pry listen and eavesdrop uh, because i think it's just kind it's of quite, it's quite a planner planners. i was going to yeah. say it's, it's a planner, planner it's thing a planner it's such a planner yeah. thing um so my favorite question and of course without an hq it's particularly resonant for you um I mean, yeah, if so if you were a genie what five commonly available objects would i have to put in a magic circle to summon you uh well i guess you'd probably have to put twitter in because I would normally respond to a tweet. All of Twitter, yeah. All okay. of Twitter yeah. Um, <laughs> in a in a in a magic circle. Um, you could probably summon me with um, with really good um, really good poached eggs. Okay. But you know, properly good poached eggs. And organic or not? Oh, yeah, uh, no, organic, organic would be good. Organic, but as long yeah. as as long as they're like, you well know, as long as they're runny, as yeah, long as they're running. Yeah. Um, what are the common objects? It's not an object, but um, I'm. Uh, the the Lido the swimming pool oh, yeah. where I swim yeah. yep. um, again which it, one is it it's Brockwell Lido right. and I kind of love it so I did um, I've just done my first winter oh wow which is and it's not heated right it's not heated yeah. that's and it's wonderful quite impressive it's wonderful yeah 
those endorphins. There's nothing like that for an endorphin rush. There is nothing like that for an endorphin rush. And it's kind of a long-term one. It's just not that I do it myself. No, but but it's brilliant. I, I, I I totally like. It's like drinking freshly squeezed pink grapefruit juice in as like that sort of kind of sort of wow. It kind of it just. Your eyes gleam yeah. and it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm you just. You look go- well on it. Well, that's very. It's probably makeup, but I'm gonna pick those three. Those oh, no, would be. We need two. Oh, more. we need two more. Yeah, we yeah. Five. It's got to be five. Magic five. Magic five. Any f- a really good pencil. Oh, okay. I'm okay. A, <laughs> I was slightly surprised by that. Yeah. Good no, pencil. I really, I really like, and and it has to be certain types of pencils. And go on. Tell uh, us, tell us your pencil. Well, uh, so so it has to be very hard. Yeah. Uh, so 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 two H. Um, normally a 4H. 4H, 4H wow. Normally a 4H. Uh, extreme. Extreme, extreme. extreme. Um, and post-it notes. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Uh, what book have you recommended the most? It's a very good question. Uh, there's a book that had a real impact on me that I read a long time ago called The Clue Train Manifesto. Um, yes, that, it does go back. That's 2000, right? Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Long, long, long yeah. time ago. It was definitely Web One. Yeah. Um, and I think I had either just moved to New York, was moving to New York. Um, but the, f- the, the, the opening line of the book st- uh, has the line and it says, uh, all markets are conversations. And it just stuck with me about what a market is and mm. how brands and businesses should behave in it. Um, so it would be the Clue Train Manifesto. Cool. Um, if you could change the industry in one way, what would it be? Well, I guess I hope in our own little way. You are doing That's it. what we're trying to do. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do. And, uh, you know, it makes me really happy when people drop me a DM on Twitter or an email or and, and they say that they've gone and they've start, they're starting their own business and they are doing things their way. And I just think that's that's great because there isn't one model and there's plenty of space for different shapes and sizes of agencies and collectives and organizations um but i think it's really important that people understand that there are lots of different options and lots of different ways fabulous if we were to give you a billboard where would you put it and what would it say if you were to give me a billboard i think i would put it outside um i would put it outside a place called brunswick house so brunswick house is this beautiful sort of crumbling Georgian mansion down by the River Thames in Vauxhall Um, and I love it very much Um, it's if you haven't ever been there it's a real hidden gem of London as Vauxhall changed all around it this little beautiful mansion little mansion this was wonderful mansion stayed there and it's now restaurant and a salvage and sort of antiques um, and we have all our socials there Uh, we have our form break socials so I think that I would put it outside form, um, outside Brunswick House and I would say uh, form break socials all, all welcome oh, with a sign. <laughs> Amelia, the one question you cannot prepare for is from this box. It's uh, the, from the School of Life, Alan de Botton's place. And if you would take one of the cards, read it out and answer it to finish us off, please. What person or influence might be distorting your ambitions in an unhelpful direction. Oh, mm. interesting. God, that's a very the, well. Thank you, thank you, Mister De Botton. This yes. is quite profound for a for for a first thing in the morning. That's a really good and hard question. I think 
Sue, it probably goes back to something that we touched on, which is the nature of business mm. and trying to fit and commercial growth. Yeah. And what is the right way to do it versus what's the way it's always been done. And I think that's because there is a temptation that the road of that success looks like successful white middle-aged successful men yes. in this country. Yes, as opposed as opposed to um, a healthier way of working and, and living. Well, it'll be interesting to watch what happens. Watch this space. Thank you very much. Amelia, thank you very much for your time. Thank you both.